0: It's January twelfth, twenty twenty, and welcome to episode twenty-seven of the Baby Metal Podcast. We gather in the podcast Discord server on alternate weeks to discuss news and thoughts on the past and future projects of Baby Metal. We invite you to join us, whether you're a longtime fan or have only just arrived. I am Paul, and I am joined by Kevin.
1: Happy New Year, welcome back everyone.
0: And Garrett.
2: Hello, how's it going?
0: Uh well. <laughs> <laughs> So I wanted to say a, a quick sort of like format note. Um, I don't think we said this before, but uh, 2019 was a year in which there know uh, both a lot of uncertainty and a lot of news, and we mostly got sort of carried along with that tsunami. Uh, and that provided a lot of interesting things to speculate about, but of course speculations about future events have sort of a limited shelf life since the future eventually arrives. And then after that, it's not interesting to listen to us speculate about things that went some other way. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, So in 2020, I think we're going to try to plan to, you know, still talk about news and even continue to speculate lightly, but um, we're also going to try to turn a bit more of our attention to things that have already happened, um, including things from the more distant past that newer fans might not be aware of yet, or even longtime fans haven't thought about for a while. So in other words, things that might make this still be interesting to listen to, even after several months, you know, after it was recorded. (laughs) Uh, so sort of along those lines, we're going to have a topic <clears throat> that we'll talk about today, which is actually just a couple of interviews that came out recently. But we've done a couple of the topics, these sort of topic-based shows in the past. Um, so episodes four and five were about the graphic novel. Um, episode seven was about Doki Doki Morning, which is the first song single from Baby Metal. Um Episode 14, we did interviews with Koba Metal, and we'll have more of those too in the future, I guess. Um, and then I think episode 18, we had background to the Avengers and some Sakura Gakuin, and then episodes 23 and 24 were themed around the uh, album review of Metal Galaxy. So that's kind of the model. Um, and although uh, I, now that I'm saying this out loud, I'm realizing that we never did figure out what our topic was going to be next time, but we'll try to ad- announce topics in advance so that you can join in and maybe refresh your memory, too, if you'd like. Um, and any topic ideas you have would be welcome, too. Anyway, that sound right? Yeah. Yeah, New Year, New Us. Mm-hmm. So, in the recent news section, uh, there's not a whole lot. Uh, we got a New Year's tweet from Baby Metal. Since we haven't actually talked since then, um, it's pretty ridiculous <laughs> in a certain yeah. sense. <laughs> it's like every
2: single photo we get, they just add more and more color to it, more and more overlaying of galaxies. Yeah.
1: How many layers can we fit in Photoshop before we run out of memory and crash the computer?
0: Yeah. So it's it's sort of the standard photo, uh, but then but then with it's it really is just about thirty five overlays. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, and same same hashtags as last year too.
1: Yeah, but hey, it's a photo. I like seeing photos. Yeah,
2: we should almost be expecting another tweet from Dave Middle soon, but I don't think we will. About what? You and Moa's coming of age more so Moa's, I guess. No, it's Today both of them. The it would be both of mm-hmm. them. They would. You think they would announce both?
1: No, I don't think they will at all. But <laughs> the uh, the holiday, if you can call it that, covers anybody who turned twenty in the last year. It is both of them, uh, and up to I think April this year. So that would cover both you and Moa. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. So first, first uh, attempt with our new format. We have already jumped <laughs> right into the middle <laughs> of the next section, but
1: um, <laughs> we have jumped the shark. So the. Um,
0: coming of age day thing is the first bullet point in the soon-to-be-obsolete speculations about the future section (laughs) (laughs) so but yeah it is so today is the today is the coming of age day and we end um, today in the sense of January 13th so there's a chance that we'll get photos do either of you want to say anything about what this means like what the what we're expecting
1: Oh, I'm not expecting anything. Well, okay. So, um, so imagine yeah, realistically. What I, what I meant more <laughs> was like
0: what kinds of things we expect from people that we do expect things from. <laughs> you know, like say in the say in the past
2: we got Sue got Legend S. Well, Bo got that Legend M. But I don't
1: think that on Coming of Age Day the band tweeted anything for Sue. No, I don't There's,
2: think. Wasn't there a picture of her on her twentieth birthday? Yes, though? there was. Well, that's not the same day. No, that
1: was the after show picture for Legend S, which was in December on her birthday or the weekend near her birthday. Nothing for coming of age day. Um, But yeah, if you don't know, it's, you know, it's kind of a big deal. Um, In the Western world, we kind of celebrate 18 and 21. as kind of the Mm -hmm. big birthdays, um, especially in the U.S. Um, 21, you can drink 18. You're legally an adult. That's all wrapped into one in Japan. When you turn 20, you are an adult when you turn 20 years old. So they do a big old day to celebrate it. And they, uh, Mm -hmm. Dress up in fancy clothes and have parties um, and things like that. Uh, Women wear kimonos, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, So, yeah, I don't think we'll see any of that. But for the eagle-eyed and savvy listener or fan, um, you might get some emoji-covered photos from some of their friends. Uh, You never know.
0: Right, right. Yes, that was what I was fishing for. Was like what coming of age day actually is. <laughs> so it's not the birthday. It's it's kind of like right. a consolidated celebration for all the people who right. became adults in the past year. Everyone. So and one of the main things that that we see about that is that they're dressed up. You know that they're they are in the mm-hmm. sort of traditional, usually some kind of a, a traditional uh, dress. It's a big. It's a big thing. And so we often we have often seen photos of people in their coming of age day, uh, you know, outfits, not specifically baby metal and, and maybe not even specifically Sakura Gakuin, although uh, like some of the graduates we've seen photos from.
1: We have. Um, yeah. And I, I wouldn't expect anything um, official. Like I said, you might see Moa's friend group post a group photo because they all turned 20. Mm-hmm. This in the last year, um, with a covered-up emoji face, right? But I'm not even sure that that'll happen. Uh, but it's a big deal, so you know it's pretty cool. Yep. Congratulations to everybody who turned uh, 20 in the last year.
0: Congratulations to yes, uh, to not not only the two we know, but all the all the many that we don't.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: but and uh, of course that's the thing about talking about this today is that by the time this gets onto the feeds. <laughs> you know, it'll be, we'll know very well that they didn't show us anything. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I feel like we need something like that over here. I, I, I feel like I deserved something when I turned 21 or something. Celebrate me. Yeah. I should have been celebrated. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, uh, uh, then the other sort of like soon to be obsolete speculation about the future, um, is legend metal galaxy, which is coming up super soon. Two weeks. Yep. January twenty sixth to twenty seventh. Um and you you, Kevin, are about to head off to see it.
1: Uh yes, I I will be there in a week from the time of recording.
0: Are you
2: excited?
1: Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. I'm jealous. <laughs> How could you not be excited going to Japan and going to baby metal concerts in Japan?
2: Oh, uh, I wish I could go to Japan. <laughs> so yeah. bad.
1: October. You got to get there.
2: I'm going to up
1: The whole fan community needs to be there in October. It's going to be special.
0: Yeah, although it'll turn out that the the actual event is going to be in some other country, so <laughs> <laughs> hopefully not everybody's. <laughs> in Japan. Oh, could you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, we still don't. I I'm, I'm optimistic. I mean, so here's the part where we speculate about things that are known by the time this gets on the feed. <laughs> but actually, maybe not quite. But um, I am optimistic that we will learn something about the you know, ten ten twenty twenty event by the end of Metal Legend Metal Galaxy. I hope so.
1: Yeah. My gut says we'll get a lore video at the end, uh, for whatever's happening in October, either not revealing their hand completely, but at least giving us more information so we can plan. Um, and then I would expect more information or maybe the, the final bit or details, uh, around Fox Day, April first. Yeah. Because uh, I don't think they would wait or do anything special like that on their European tour. That wouldn't really make sense to me. This is kind of their last opportunity to address the home fans and the home crowd with some sort of information or announcement on what's coming in October.
0: Right. And uh, actually, I th- I mean, we've noted this before, but the um, European tour starts right away. I mean, Legend of Mendoza yeah. on mm-hmm. the 27th, and then they're in Stockholm on February 3rd.
1: Yeah, it's not as bad as their uh, same-day flight right after uh, yokohama but <laughs> it's uh it's pretty quick yeah we're gonna be back in the mix of it
0: yeah yeah but and uh, i'm not sure that i'm gonna follow it quite as diligently as i followed the u.s ones <laughs> but we'll see it's it's a lot of work i mean it's more work for them but <laughs> yeah it's a lot of work for us too
1: absolutely i imagine we're gonna see much of the same stuff in europe as we saw on the u.s tour yeah you know i i Again, I, I don't think Kano will be there. It'll be Momoko and Riho alternating for your Avengers. My only big question is who's playing the music?
2: I do. That is a good question.
1: Because we had, you know, the American commies from uh, Galactic Empire for the whole U.S. tour. Um, and if I'd wager
2: we have Japanese commies then. I don't know. That, I'll, I want want to predict something. That's
1: kind of what I'm thinking, too. Just because it doesn't make sense to fly U.S. musicians over. Um, so either we're going to get it, we're either going to get a brand new set of Kami band members, or I think they're going to fly the uh, Japanese guys over. Mm-hmm.
0: Or all of the ground will shift at legend metal galaxy and, and all of this stuff will become obsolete.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, since we're on the train of useless speculation, that's going to expire soon. What, how do you guys ponder the idea of night, night burn being, being played for the first time at metal galaxy? legend metal galaxy, and then carried out through the rest of the European tour played by Japanese guitarists.
1: I'm hoping that musicians, they're going to play the rest of the album over the course of the two nights. That'd be nice. That'd be really nice.
0: Oh, at at legend metal Metal galaxy at, at at legend metal galaxy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, just, just because of the name, they're calling it a legend show. It's the same legend as the album title. Um, it, to me, at least, wouldn't make sense to just do another forum set list, for example.
0: But you know what's weird about this? Uh, it's it's listed as an extra show. I mean, it's called Legend Metal Galaxy and all that. But, I mean, but it's also just an extra show. <laughs> yeah. So they kind of deflated the what they, they got out of Legend by calling it that.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Maybe. I hope not. I mean, it'll still be fun, but... Really, the tipping point for me going was them labeling it a legend show. Right.
2: I have more I want to say about this, but I can't. But I'd be jumping ahead to the very last thing we're trying to talk
1: about. <laughs> well, I appreciate your restraint.
2: Yes. Can you, can you remember <laughs> it? announcing it?
0: Does it, so? It has nothing to do with Legend Metal Galaxy. No, it does. Uh
2: eh, I'll allow it. But it, okay, okay. It's in, it's in the Nylon interview, we'll get to a little bit later. Um, it says that they're already preparing for Legend Metal Galaxy and a lot of time for a rehearsal because they'll even present new things. They'll practice everything a lot because baby metal's music is kind of difficult.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But I
2: feel like because they'll even present new things kind of holds some weight to it. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Cam Metal in chat speculates night one will be disc one and night two will be disc two. That'd be beautiful, wouldn't it? And that's kind of in the back of my mind what I've been thinking too. At least that's what I've been hoping. That makes the most sense to to me on the outside with, you know, the usual stuff that they sprinkle in um, because, I, you know, obviously playing just disc one would be, what, a 20-minute concert. So they're, <laughs> they're not going to do that. Um, but I, I think it could fall in the line with something kind of like that format.
0: I wonder to what extent people – there are people who are going to just one night. Cause uh, that, good question. I remember uh, hearing at least that people were at some point disappointed – with the Tokyo Dome show, be, for having gone to like one night and not the other, you know, so missing the song that they wanted to, right?
1: Do. <laughs> right.
0: So I, that sort of affects like whether I would believe that they would play "Give Me Chocolate" both nights, you know, and that sort of thing.
1: Uh, sure. Yeah, but how much if they cared about fan input in the past? So, <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> this is this is definitely a band that chooses its own adventure.
0: Yeah, and I, uh, the, I mean, this also connects a little bit too, but I wonder if it seems kind of obvious that night one would be disc one and night two would be disc two. Isn't that mm. exactly the last thing they would do? Logically. Yeah. <laughs> it makes
2: sense.
1: You bring up a good point. <laughs>
0: so. Anyway, we'll know soon. Um, I'm, I really don't know what to expect. I, you know, I, I keep live possibilities in my mind that maybe they really will do something dramatic and you know, in that, not just in the set list, but in the presentation entirely. Hmm. Which would then, of course, carry over to the European tour as well.
1: Makuhari is a big place with a lot of room for cool stuff, so they've done neat presentations there before. So I'm pretty excited.
0: Yeah. All right. So um, now maybe we can move to the uh, the actual interviews. I'm not sure how this is going to go. Um, so we'll maybe we can just sort of bumble our way through it and come up with inter- interesting things along the way. <laughs> Um, But just as an introduction, both Hedabon, particularly Hedabon and and PMC, the uh, PM Music Complex magazines, have had fairly substantial interviews with various people on the baby metal team. Uh, So there's a September 2019 issue of PMC that um, we've only just gotten the translation for the Sue Metal and Mo Metal interview. So we had some other stuff before. There was a 100-question uh, question and answer with Sue Metal and Mo Metal that we had before, and we had we talked last time about interviews with Mikako, um, and there, that issue also has an interview with Mo, uh, with um, Koba Metal, um, and of course the uh, the problem the disadvantage we have is that they're all in Japanese, um, which means we have to kind of wait for the translations. And we have you know we've recently gotten this the translation of both the Sue and Mo one and the Mikiko one from At My Babel on Reddit, so. That is absolutely wonderful. Thank you for doing that, if you are listening. And if you're not, thank you you anyway. (laughs) And then the 100-question Q&A we got uh, was translated by Lenzer. So we don't yet have – I forget if I said this already – but we don't yet have the the Kobo Metal interview um, translated. I pushed it through Google Translate, so I can maybe say a couple of things about it with some some (laughs) knowledge of what it's saying. And there's – there are huge interviews in Hedoban Twenty Four that we do not have yet, so there's going to be more of this stuff to come. But um, I think these two Japanese ones were substantial enough that it, it's actually kind of worth talking about them in depth, and it, it'll remind us about other stuff to talk about as we go.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Okay, so basically, I wanted, I was thinking that we would, would center around the two, um, the the two sort of newly available interviews. One, one from Nylon, February twenty twenty, so that one's recent and then one from PMC volume 15 which was from September 2019 and I thought maybe starting with nylon the recent one first would make sense just because it's shorter so I don't know uh, I don't know how we would like to start but somebody else start talking <laughs> <laughs> okay um it begins off by um
2: talking about the atmosphere of the photo shoot because the nylon magazine has a really cool photo shoot it's like the it's kind of hard to describe the like glowing red and pink with like a couple of red and blue filters laid over them. It's kind of interesting looking, but the interview goes on to say what kind of relationships they've had with metal legends that they've met recently, like, say, with Metallica and stuff like that. They say they're always really friendly to meet backstage. Mois um, says they speak open with us, sometimes copy our gimme chocolate choreography and dance with us together. I think that's yeah, just great. I think
0: that's very cool. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't written anything down about the photo shoot, but it's striking. You
2: know like those 3D glasses
0: from, like, the... My childhood, at mm-hmm.
2: least, like the
0: red and blue. That's what it reminds me of. But yeah, I was gonna say that that's that's pretty much exactly what I was gonna say too. That um, <laughs> like I don't, I'm I I hesitate about this. You know, I I you know it's it's art and you know some art is better than others and differs from person to person. I find it a little bit unclear. <laughs> you know, like I, I would prefer yeah, like a straightforward photo. But um, but you're right. This totally looks like a 3D. Image in a way. I mean, it's not actually, of course, because, you mm-hmm. know, uh, one side is shaded blue and one side is shaded red, but the, the, I don't know, colors are definitely those.
1: I think 3D is a good way to describe it. I was also thinking uh, Empire Strikes Back. If you've seen Empire Strikes Back when Luke fights Vader in the middle of it, there's a lot of blue and red going on. Um, and I think it's pretty cool. I think it's uh, definitely invocative of kind of the theme of Metal Galaxy and kind of the light versus dark side and then leaning into the always present star Wars lore that <laughs> Koba loves. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, so you, of course I would love just a straight white light photo because you can, you know, use that for wallpaper and things like that. But, you know, I think it's, it's cool to see something different.
0: Yeah. And, you know, they said, they said something that was sort of ambiguous um, near the end, which is, you know, they were talking about legend metal galaxy and what to expect. And Sue says, also the poster visuals are a hint death i don't know i should put in death but anyway <laughs> um <laughs> it, and i think so the ambiguous part is i don't know what poster they're talking about if they're talking about the nylon poster then you know maybe 3d is a hint <laughs> um
1: well the legend metal galaxy mm-hmm. poster is the sun and moon
0: right so that's the other possible poster
1: making making a venn diagram together i think
0: and that, that in a sense that would be a more sensible hint <laughs> you know that
2: are they bringing back the flying platforms sue on the giant sun flying from the left and moa on the moon flying from the right (laughs) they float into the black hole no Um, i don't think so but i think tying it back to what
1: we were talking about before the interview here um you know it could be you know a dark side light side night one night two split um it, it could be something as simple as different graphics packages on the screen during each show
0: yeah another thing about the uh like the meeting the metal legends sue says in our situation it helped that we didn't know anything about metal in the beginning so we often didn't know how big of a person was standing in front of us <laughs>
1: <laughs> um you know i will say about the nylon interview that it it does feel it's a lot of the same information from the just barrage of interviews we've over the last year, but this one feels particularly genuine to me. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if anybody else gets that sense from it.
0: Yeah, a little bit. We get our mandatory food reference from Moa. Yeah, well, I think if she doesn't know, if she doesn't have a ready answer, she'll just go to food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's her backup plan. Everybody's got one. But yeah, she so Moa about the the Metal Legends also said it felt like we were their little nieces. Yeah, so it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I think what makes this one a little bit unique is it's forward-looking, whereas a lot of the previous interviews have been like present tense, talking about the release of Metal Galaxy and things like that. Um, And there's stuff like that here too, but a lot of it is looking at things like Metal Galaxy, Legend Metal Galaxy, sorry, uh, the European tour, and reflecting on the 10 years. So it's kind of cool to see a shift in the talking points uh, if you will from them
0: well and i think i mean so a lot of the other interviews were really kind of abbreviated or in english you know and mm-hmm. um both both of the interviews that you know are there, our topic today are kind of look back on the change you know like what what it meant to be new new baby metal right right so the the next thing that's in there is is that they talk a little bit about what, is, what it's been like with the um, the new formation with the Avengers. So, you know, at this point, they've been doing this new formation for a while. And Sue says, you know, when we first met with them, it felt a little bit like fumbling around. <laughs> but, uh, you know. And this is sort of a common theme, too, that they, um, both Moa and Sue, Moa particularly, uh, talks about how, well, Mikiko, too, talk about how each of the Avengers really is different on stage and, you know, requires mm-hmm. tuning. Sure. <laughs> they both think it's very interesting.
1: Yeah, definitely a good interview. Um, I definitely recommend checking it out now that it's been translated.
0: There's other discussion about, um, just the intensity of the tour, kind of making it, making it all fly by. Everybody says this in all of, all of these interviews, they all are, you know, Koba and Sue and Mo are all saying, I can't believe the time's gone already. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, spending half of your year on the road will make time fly.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. Here's the the thing that we were talking about before. So, you know, they're talking about preparing for Legend Metal Galaxy, and you know, Sue says that's right because we do so much singing and dancing and even present new things. We spend a lot of time for rehearsal. We tend to worry about things, says Moa. So we are the type of people that practice everything over and over again carefully. And Sue adds, after all, Baby Metal's music is kind of difficult, you know, <laughs> 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 which I think is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, after all this time, it's still a challenge. Yeah probably part of the reason they're still doing it
0: there is a little bit of discussion uh, in the show notes I put the strength of the bond <laughs> but <laughs> but um, uh, Nylon asks you know what what their thoughts are of each other now that they have a, now that they're approaching 10 years together and Sue says I don't know how to say it when we tour together we are more with each other than with family and uh, she is something different from a friend she's especially not a rival she's a partner um <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's that sounds about right. I, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. It also sounds like they're still getting along.
1: <laughs> yeah. Mo goes on to say, that's right. It feels something like natural when we are together. We understand each other's strong and weak points. You could say we are opposite characters, but we are on the same wavelength. We take care of each other, and when we get a little bit stressed, we are able to relieve that stress together. Sounds like a more of a, a sistership than a friendship.
0: Yeah anyway so that's cool that's that i believe is the most recent interview we have it's in a and it's in an issue of a magazine that's dated in the future (laughs) head 25 came out but i don't think that has a um interview i think it just mentions baby model yes there's i was noticing in the chat that cam metal mentioned that Megitsune is still a challenge and i forgot that that was in this interview um was it where is it
1: yeah she's mentioned that before yeah um And, you know, just listening to the song, it totally makes sense. There's so much range in that song. Um, And I I would imagine as she's gotten older and her voice has matured, uh, considering it was written for when she was uh, what 14 at the time. Right. I'm sure it's only gotten more difficult over time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think it's possible that's in the other interview.
1: I think it's in the other one. I don't think it's in the Nylon interview.
0: Yeah. But I think this is probably a good enough time to switch over to that one so the pmc volume 15 uh, that was from september 2019 so it's actually it's actually a little bit before the album was released so you have to kind of go back in time mm-hmm. for that but i thought it was actually quite there's there's a number of things that i thought were interesting about that that i really didn't feel like we knew before um this was so this was just recently um translated by at my babel on on the reddit and it's super interesting to to read through this. Um, I think that like the very first thing that kind of comes up, which I thought was very weird <laughs> was that um, they seem to say in a couple of different ways that they don't plan ahead as much as we give them credit for planning ahead. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they got the case of <laughs> do it, do it when we can.
1: I don't know. I've always been on the, I think the kind of wing it train, especially after 2018. Yeah i've I've talked several times about how I think twenty eighteen was they made it up as they went along,
0: yeah I mean so there's a there's a weird sort of difference i suppose between like they they sort of let off this interview by by saying, you know like last time we talked in April, you guys didn't know what you were doing, and by the time it got to the end of June, you'd already like figured it out, <laughs> so the whole Avenger <laughs> system was was kind of all designed in that in May. <laughs>
1: Hmm. <laughs> well, we assume.
0: Yeah. Well, the I mean, uh, the implication is you know from reading the previous PMC interview was that they they didn't know in detail what they were going to do. just that they were going to continue. Not yeah, fair. But that's sort of in contrast with these songs that take you know three and a half years to write, and you know the inability to reschedule <laughs> uh Legend Y <laughs> and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It's fun going back on this one because it's predated from when we got the translation, right? Um, so there's some fun insight about how they were worried about, make. we talked about this earlier, about making the connection after Yokohama all the way out to England um, and then being worried if they were going to land on time because they basically landed and went straight to the uh, the venue and got ready to perform. <laughs> um, so, we're, you know, we're for a delayed flight, they might have missed that performance. Um, I had not realized they cut it quite that close which was interesting to hear.
0: Oh, yeah. No, it was, Um, I, I think they were being asked something like, what were the challenges of this, like, super hectic schedule? And yeah. they said basically, well, you know, it's like, anyone, we're worried about our plane being late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so PMC, the question was, looking from the outside, it's easy for us to take this as all being normal, because you seem to take it for granted. But if we really think about the situation you were in, it must have put a lot of pressure on you. And Mo Metal says, we realized later that we actually gave performances at Yokohama and then in England and then back in Nagoya, six live performances in total, covering more than one country in 10 days. Sue says, it wasn't really like, you know, oh, my God, oh, my God. We were worried about things like, will this plane land on time? (laughs) (laughs) But then Mo at the end says, but come to think of it, we did do something great, didn't we? (laughs) 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 So that was pretty cool. Hey, that was pretty cool. We did a
1: thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: I found where I was talking about Megatsune.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Says, can you take think of any song which is especially hard for you to sing or which you are working on recently? You said before that Megatsune was that kind of song. Um, Soon Metal replied, Megatsune never becomes easy for me no matter how many times I sing it. It has always been a, my most favorite song, yet a challenge to me as well. New songs are also challenging to me since I am not familiar with them. Meaning my body not yet absorbing the combination of singing with doing talk choreography that is why i can't why am i having such a hard time reading this i'm not crazy no. here
0: No, there's a, a couple of missing okay. verbs and stuff but
2: she likes the new choreography and stuff that comes up she enjoys that kind of stuff and finds takes the challenge
0: along with nagatsune being a challenge as well mm-hmm. vocally yeah that's in a that's in a section um like there's both a kind of like a technical exploration of of you know moa's dancing and sue's vocal work in here that i think is kind of interesting so sue you know talks a little bit about how she controls her voice modulates it you know to require less breathing if she's got to focus more on dancing or um what i thought was really striking was that um you know she says since it would be much more difficult to do so when we perform at high altitude places abroad i may alter the way i'm breathing when singing depending on where you are which is that's amazing
1: (laughs) high altitude yeah yeah never
2: really put thought into that not something i would have thought about
1: they were they did prefer they were in denver i think right did they or something that was all Lake city mm-hmm. so they, yeah so they were definitely in some places where they were a little bit of altitude
0: yeah and um with moa you know moa was i guess probably the one who was most kind of having to work with the avengers right and mm-hmm. so she actually talked I thought it was pretty interesting. She, you know, she, she said, of course, You know, like it, it was interesting everybody brings their own character and all that stuff. Um, but she kind of went into that a little bit more. Uh, she says, each of the dancers has her own way of dancing, like how to synchronize moving patterns to the sound and rhythm. Therefore, I found myself worrying much about whether I should let them dance in sync with me or I do so with them. Uh, at one time, I thought w- what we have called baby metal may come apart if I would try to ati- entirely accommodate myself to them. But we are not baby metal plus avengers. We are rather we want to keep fighting our battles as baby metal. And when I came to see things that way, I decided not to simply adjust myself to the supporting dancers, but to still lean toward them without ever changing the essence of ourselves. hmm I think that's just a very that's a very it's sort of like a interesting and deep kind of thought. You know, it's like she's basically trying to keep what makes baby metal baby metal.
1: It's a very professional outlook. That's really cool insight and it really underscores how much experience and how professional they are at what they do now. Because I think it would be really easy for her to say, well, I mow a metal, you, you, you do what I do, <laughs> right? But she knows that's not going to work. right? <laughs>
0: and I mean, I think it is sort of interesting how... Uh, You know, she she says she feels like she's learning how to dance with flexibility during the live stage performances, adjusting Mm -hmm. my moves according to who the supporting dancer is and that sort of thing. And I think we noticed that, too, you know, on a couple of occasions during the tour where, like, I think Riho slipped and Moa mirrored it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. 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 I think you're right. Now that you mention it. Um, You know, she also talks about. You know, the uh, the interviewer asks what she listens to. You know, uh, Moa Mo mentions that she basically only listens to Sue's voice. Um, but since each Avenger has her own way of dancing, she may be more aware of visually rather than through her ear monitor, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, how she's adapting how she performs, you know, cause I imagine she probably didn't need to look over at the stage a whole lot. They could do everything through the ear ear monitor. Uh, but now that she's dancing with somebody new, she's going to kind of keep an eye on what's going on over there, not just listen to Sue's voice and her IEM. Mm-hmm.
0: The, um, there was another point. Um, Basically, Sue said something that was actually kind of like what Moa said about, um, where was it? Sue says, after I'm informed that this song is inspired from such and such artists and their music, I would say, let's sing with these styles then and try more than one way of singing. But when I get too close to the sources, it would not be Sue Metal singing anymore. Therefore, I always thought about creating a vocal sound of Sue Metal, the evolved Sue Metal, while recording the album.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, And she talks, the the PMC asks, is it like controlling your voice more than usual? And Sue says, even by singing the same note, you can create a different sound. If you sing in a kawaii way, the note sounds a little higher to you. Or if you sing like bravely, then it sounds louder to you. But how did I sing Brand New Day? I just don't know how to express that in words. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which i think is pretty cool yeah but i can see reading her say that i can see that's what she's doing
1: sure yeah what i think i like about this interview as a whole is that it well number one it feels less scripted or personal like they're actually answering questions on the fly but it kind of gives insight into their creative process and how they've evolved as musicians and artists um as singers and dancers uh which i think is really interesting to Mm kind of because it's kind of we haven't really had a whole lot of peek behind the curtain in a serious way uh since this whole ride started all those years ago 10 years ago right um so it's kind of cool to see how they do things and how they're able to reflect and learn from kind of where they started
0: yeah and uh, it's neat to see them thinking so sort of deeply about it (laughs) too
1: yeah you know, there, there there was a time when I think this interview, most of the answers would have been only the Fox God knows.
0: Yeah, we do not miss mm-hmm. those days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were a couple other newsworthy things in here. I think um, they talked a little bit about how songs will be sort of tuned through performances, and that sometimes they would, you know, several in several cases perform a song a number of times before it even gets recorded in the studio. I don't know any good examples of that, to be honest, but um, hmm. and.
2: I want to say maybe like Kagero or Elevator Girl back when they first started playing them at the beginning of the US tour in 2019. Is it
1: 2018? Is it this interview or one of the other ones where Moa talks about Kagero and how it changed from when they debuted it on tour to how it's she this one. how she talks about uh, singing in the chorus now. I
0: think it's the towards the end is of this. Towards the end of this one. Yeah. I mean so what they discussed in this interview was they mentioned um, the choreography changing in Yava, although that's obviously that's not mm-hmm. super um, relevant. <laughs> but um, but they did one one sort of like newsworthy thing in here was that um, when back when Kagero was tattoo, Sue sang all of it by herself. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and Moa said that you know, once, with they recording the album, Moa was singing in Kagero.
1: What's interesting about that to me is there was so much speculation around the community on who was in the backing track, who was singing during tattoo and things like that. Um, so it's like they inadvertently answered that question we had, uh, well, I guess two years ago now right. about who was singing, what?
0: Oh, Sue. Yeah. The entire yeah. Time. yeah. And now it isn't. So, I mean, right. Um, I think that also wasn't exactly what people were expecting. You know, they were expecting that it was yeah. a recorded mm-hmm. thing that hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually another thing too, um, that sort of goes Back, yeah, I, I put this up earlier in my notes, but um, that kind of goes along with the planning being surprisingly short-range. Uh, Moa said that we worked so hard on recording BMC that it was only done two days in advance, <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, that's wild to me that they mastered that two days before the album came out. Logistically, how is that even possible with the amount of physical discs sold? Like, there must be a printing factory, the scale of which is incomprehensible to my brain.
0: <laughs> yeah. Although I think actually my reading of that is that it's just a misspeaking that, um, that it was two days before the like golden master.
1: <laughs> you think so? Yeah. That makes more sense because yeah, when I read that, I was like, there's no way. Sure. The digitals, they can kind of do at will there. Right. Yeah. But the, uh, the physical copies, there's no way.
0: <laughs> well, and and consider that BM, uh, BMC is on, like, the sun and moon <laughs> and stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So and so I, 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 I do believe that they were working on it all the way up until two days before some, you know, freeze.
1: Sure. Okay. But, that, yeah, that makes more sense.
0: But the, so the one thing that jumped out at me, though, is that um, what's Mo Metal doing? Like why? Why was why is she the one that said we were working so hard on recording BMC unless she's in it? You know, so I think that that mm-hmm. that also answers the question of like whether she's voicing some of this, which I thought, which I yeah. you know, always thought she was, but still,
1: I assume she's in everything unless I'm told otherwise. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but that's just me.
0: But it's cool though. I mean, like the, we actually have something like you know, real confirmation of this now
1: yeah absolutely yeah again that comes back to it's it's nice that they were able to or allowed to peel back the curtain a little bit and actually hear about some of the creative process and challenges uh and things like that that they faced with releasing this album um it feels a lot more like any other band interview where they're able to just talk about whatever they want and not be in such a controlled environment which was refreshing it does
2: feel like it does feel like that nowadays like they're they're no longer protecting the privacy of little fourteen and fifteen year olds, like they realize they're adults and they should be allowed to speak in interviews there's it's not like a they're not hiding anything anymore.
1: Well it feels like I really like I think that. there's still a fair amount of that going on. But you can tell that well, the reins enough to keep the suspense, yeah. Riding. The the reins have been loosened enough to where interviews like this are actually substantive and interesting.
0: Yeah. And I think I mean, like what maybe perfectly well possible is that you know they they are now in control of censoring themselves you know i mean like they can make mm-hmm, the choices sure. about what to talk about and what not to talk about <laughs> yeah sure oh there's a also there was a right okay so pmc asks how about your favorite song mo metal uh this interview is older you know so this is before she landed on her papaya talking point <laughs> so what she said is <laughs> i really cannot make my mind on that Plus, we still have songs with no choreography yet. As far as I can tell by listening to the album, I like Brand New Day. But I would say to this, to the reader of the PMC magazine, you should really listen to BMC. (laughs) Which um, (laughs) uh, which caused PMC to laugh. (laughs) Because uh, the joke being that, you know, BMC sounds like PMC. Yes. PMC says, you prepared that joke. And Moa says, yep, I think both titles sound similar. I absolutely want people who are reading this to love the song BMC.
1: Yeah. Moa adopted the dad joke there. Yeah.
0: Oh, I missed the part that I missed the part that I meant to read. Um Moa said I wanted to say this more than anything today. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. She had it planned
2: out. Yeah.
1: Golden. This would have been a great interview to be filmed. I would have loved to watch this one.
0: Yeah. So let's see. Another thing that um I think comes up a lot here. I'm, I'm skipping around now in such a way that I'm no longer finding things, but um, where is it? Well, the, What I'm looking for is the thing where they talk about like not actually trying to make the third album better than the other two.
1: Oh, sure. Uh, that, that was a question directed to Moa. Uh, we were not concerned with whether the new album would be better than the previous ones because it was so different. We created this album as a truly new type of work. And I surely get the sense of Nanjakoya form it myself. So, is that what you were looking for? That is
0: indeed. Um I'm assuming that so Nanja korea is not uh, actually a phrase that I had heard before although PMC seems to like it very very much and I assume that it is essentially the same thing as like uh, what is it it's like non kore or something like that like what the mm. hell. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, that's that's how I understand that.
0: Yeah, but so the thing that's interesting about this they they do you know talk about this in some you know sort of specificity I guess is is that you know, they actually. This is actually something that is surprising, even to people who are already fans. You know, like they yeah. they were subverting the expectations of people who had expectations as well.
1: Yeah, I think that answers some questions because I I got to admit I kind of had a what the hell vibe my first listen through because I was super surprised and how different everything sounded, uh, in a good way. You know, a lot of things have really grown on me since the album dropped, but it's cool to hear that that was intentional.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's see, PMC is just you know, like starting to ask about the album. And Moa says, I thought, is this really metal? Listening to the new album, particularly after going through the dark side period, I realized that we had created too much of this particular baby metal image ourselves, and that we were bound by the ideas of this is what baby metal should be. And Metal Galaxy reminded me of the fact that baby metal originally was a group which can create amusing things. It's not about whether the album is not metal or not baby metal. We see it as a fun product that we generally want to deliver, you know, this kind of music. Mm-hmm. and that we want many people to listen to it you know the idea is that they are evolving that it's different that it's not what you were expecting
1: right and that definitely fits the theme of the album the la- The last thing i want to mention just because i've grandstanded on this before mm-hmm. pmc talking about shine getting the feeling that their dancing is going to evolve while metal mentioning even the song shine is not in its final form yet we are still in the process of trial and error and i do not think we will make any compromise here either and I only mention that because I really want the two person shine to come back with Moa on guitar. I think that is the definitive version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I think this was the thing I was trying to find. They're talking a little bit about, you know, how, uh, you know, baby metal perseveres and makes no compromises and stuff. Uh, Sue says, I think we are always a challenger in the beginning. We were challenging against the genre of metal music and the name of baby metal gradually came to be known. We were in obscurity at first, but now, thankfully, we are recognized like that's baby metal, even abroad. Although we were glad to be recognized, it would not look much like baby metal if we see that as our goal in itself. That's why we broke down something called baby metal ourselves in this album. This is us (laughs) keeping the challenge alive by even breaking through what had been known as baby metal. Mm -hmm. So uh, I guess it was all intentional. I mean, I think is what I'm getting out of that, that it was intentional and they're on board.
1: Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment.
0: The only other thing I think I wanted to talk about in this interview was the younger generations bit. Yeah, so PMC asks kind of like near the end here, thus far, baby metal have become more popular by getting encouragement and support from major bands like Metallica and Hot Ch- Chili Peppers. Now, are you two thinking of guiding a younger generation? And Sue Metal mentioned, and she said... We talked a little bit about this a moment ago. Uh, we've always wanted youths or younger generations who do not listen to metal music to think that metal is fun. Although in the beginning we felt ourselves a little uncomfortable performing metal music, we still want people to find the good of this genre. Recently I found something very interesting. When we started Baby metal, I thought more bands like us, I mean female bands playing hard and heavy music, would come out. On the contrary, <laughs> however, some metal bands are now becoming more popish and employing dance performances, which was very interesting to me. I was like, yeah, that's one way of doing it. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, I mean, even though Mo is the comedian who has her moments,
1: <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> oh, that's great.
0: Anyway, yeah. So, I mean, I think we, we probably hit most of the major points, even though we read a lot of it to you, uh listeners. I think it's worth reading. I mean, it's. I think there's a lot of stuff to talk about here and a lot of interesting things. Um, mm-hmm. And it's nice to, you know, sort of read it in more or less their own words.
1: Yeah. I can't thank the people that translate this enough. It's really pretty great. Yeah. So Thank you, translators.
0: Oh yeah. And actually that re- reminds me, um, speaking of that, we uh, I think the last time we talked a bit about Mikiko's interview, and I don't think we need to sort of go into that again. There's one more interview in this issue of the magazine, the PMC magazine from Kova Metal, uh, that we do not have a proper translation for but I ran, I scanned it and I ran OCR over the scan and I copied and pasted it into Google translate. <laughs> um, <laughs> just be he's the man, just basically just because I wanted to get some kind of sense of what was there, even though I know that it's not going to be fully, you know, it's, it's not really a translation exactly, uh-huh. but, um, but it looks like it'll be pretty interesting. It's Coimmel talking a fair amount about just kind of like the concept of sun and moon and sort of defending the idea that even though three had been a central number to Baby Metal, two had also been. <laughs> so there was a light side and a dark side and red knight and black knight and so forth. Right. Um, he did sort of explicitly say that that uh, Sue was you know, went with sun and Mo went with Moon, right? Sort of obvious, I suppose. There was a hint—oh, I I I didn't follow this up, but there's a hint in there, if I understood it right, that if you look at the two discs, there might actually be some kind of correspondence between the tracks on the discs as well. So, like, track two might have some relationship to track two on the other disc.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Um, So, he said uh, they are lined up like a sumo wrestling list. (laughs) (laughs) But, um—
1: Okay. So I, I, Thank you, Google. I, I meant
0: to look at that, but um, I'm, I'm curious to know. But he also sort of talked about how, um, in, you know, that it's uh, basically the interviewer was was saying that's kind of unusual to split up an album like this. You know, this is kind of old school <laughs> to have two discs. But um,
1: yeah, I suppose it is. Now that he mentioned it, is it, yeah, yeah, I can't remember the last album I had or bought that was split into two discs. It might have been 15 years ago. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I hadn't thought of that.
0: But it's, um, Coba kind of defended it in, like, the in Japan version by kind of pointing out that in Japan, there actually people do buy physical discs.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, true. So the international ones are all in one.
0: But, and so I, I know that I have heard this next bit before, and I can't remember if it was just somebody had, like, quickly looked at the, looked at this interview or whether he said it somewhere else, but, There do appear to be songs recorded beyond the 16 songs that made it onto Metal Galaxy. We
2: knew that before, right? I mean, I feel like it was kind of assumed.
1: We know that they have a larger catalog of written music than has been released. You're right. Uh, And and while they haven't said that necessarily in those words, we know that there are songs... uh, um, On deck. There's songs on deck. That's a good way of, of putting yeah. it. But uh, what's the what's the one from Metal Galaxy that was actually written um, back when Megan was written? Um, oh, night night burn, night night burn. Yeah. Night night burn. Yeah. So so we know that there's other stuff out there. Yeah. On the shelf, probably ready to go.
0: It was that whatever interview that that was in. That's the one that we knew that told us yeah. that there were more than like the, there were songs right. that left off of Metal Galaxy
1: mm-hmm well just like we know there were songs that were left off the debut songs that were left off metal resistance right um so who knows how much extra stuff is out there
0: another thing that i thought was kind of interesting uh was that you know again i'm not exactly sure how much of this is getting lost in translation but it seemed like kova too was expressing this kind of like there is a core baby metalness that uh that he was protecting in a way so he Talked about how he was—he was grateful to you know all the collaborators, not just for agreeing to participate, but also agreeing not to be central. You know, like they're—they're mm. they're agreeing to participate as a part of a baby metal project, and it's not—it's not the collaborators; it's not co-authored exactly. They're participating.
1: Sure, that's an interesting way to look at it.
0: Yeah, it didn't occur to me before. But I mean, like it, it, if it occurred to me at all, it kind of occurred to me as like, well, that's in a sense they feel almost like. Uh, Wasted. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, after after reading that, it kind of makes me feel doubtful over getting any like live features other than F Hero. Yeah, I don't know,
1: but maybe
2: I don't want to lose all hopes.
1: But <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm not gonna. I don't want to really. I'm hesitant to infer things from this from Professor Google's. You never words. can
2: accurately. Well, well, there's that, and it's a baby yeah. So interview. we've got
1: kind of the the double negative of it's professor Mm. Google's words from Coba metal. So, (laughs) right. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we can see, we can see what comes out when, when the like real translation is, but, but it did kind of look like, um, that there was kind of like a a distinction being drawn there that, that this was really still baby metal. Mm. -hmm. Um, and it seemed like, Again, you know, guessing a little bit, but it sounded like Kobo was asked uh whose decision it was to do such a like intense tour, whether it was Kobo's or or Sue and Moa's. Um and he answered basically that it was everybody everybody wanted to do that. Um partly due to the fact that they get incrementally better, you know, as as the show as they do shows. Oh, sure. So. Which would seem to be an argument for going to the last one. <laughs> but
1: Going to the last show on tour is always a good idea. Pro tip. Yeah. It's always the best. It's been that way as long as I've been a fan.
0: Mm-hmm. And he did say that he would like to do big tours in South America or Asia, but there have been logistical complications.
1: <laughs> sure. So. Well, there's hope.
0: Yeah. And uh, I, th- and I, th- I believe Kobo was attributing this to Sue and Ma, but um, generally they prefer to go to places where it's warm. <laughs> Like when it's warm.
1: <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah.
0: That's pretty cool. But anyway, I'm looking forward to to reading like a good translation of that. But right, it was still kind of fun to read the the Google Translate version. <laughs> <laughs> there were a couple of other points that I put down. Where did I put it? Oh yeah. Um. So, this, this just a couple of thoughts that it reminded me of. Um, the first one that kind of occurred to me that I I sort of wanted to see what you thought of I feel like this was kind of an epiphany in a way that maybe it shouldn't have been and maybe it's wrong but um, there's always these discussions about like you know people arguing about like is baby metal metal you know what is it what is required Mm -hmm. for something to be metal (laughs) like as I was thinking about that one of the things that that sort of occurred to me is that I think I think maybe what maybe I said this last episode too but um, I think maybe what Koba's um, idea might have been was as a, as a, as a sort of a method of being able to reinvent the genre a little bit, kind of taking the perspective of little girls who don't really understand metal and kind of like doing the things that it seems like they're perceiving in metal, you know? So the big stage shows and the, the, you know, like all the, all the sort of the fire and the stuff that looks like lore, <laughs> things <laughs> like that. Um, but still done, uh, you know, in a, in the way a little girl would see it and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is i mean there's a certain kind of um comicalness to it at least initially right um you know it's 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 kind of like you know weird owl <laughs> or something right
2: <laughs> i get it
0: um, you know at the same time it's it's you know the it i think that was just a tool to make something that is you know that is really kind of deep in its own thing but mm-hmm. um but i th- but i think that really is kind of the concept it was originally, that it's not, it isn't trying to be metal like metal people define metal. It's metal as seen by an, a 13-year-old.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting perspective for sure.
2: Yeah, you never really thought of it that way. Yeah.
0: And that may mean that it's changing now, right? I mean, because the way they see it now is is less naive.
1: True, yeah.
0: But I guess it also, it also makes it um, more sensible like people often complain about like how can this be metal these you know the girls didn't know what metal even was when they started and and i think that's kind of the point actually
1: (laughs) yeah absolutely so
0: anyway so that's that's my hypothesis um so the other thing i put down here was the increasing agency of sue and moa which i and I, i don't know if we touched on that as much as i thought we would but it seems like they're they're being put in charge of things or they're thinking about things it seems like they're participating in decisions I don't know. do you do you agree do you can you figure out support <laughs> it sounds like from recent
2: recent interviews they're they have a lot more say in what goes on what happens in their world where i feel like like in the past 9 years that they've kind of been on a track COBA put them on i feel like they're kind of in charge of that track now at least to some degree mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, again, I don't know if they... I'm always skeptical, um, just because we've been burned so much in the past.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's a question about whether we believe, whether we fully believe what they say.
1: (laughs) It definitely feels like that, from reading as many interviews as we have, that they definitely have more control and more say over... What they do and how they do it, their input is certainly more valued now that they're, you know, mid-career, seasoned performers and adults. You know, um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. But at the same time, we still get a lot of things that I don't know. I would just call maybe the Koba era or Koba way of doing things with the with the lore and only the Fox God knows. And it's hard to say if that's a facade that they're choosing to keep or if management is choosing to impose um and i think with like a lot of things the answer probably lies in the middle mm-hmm. with this that yes more artistic control has been passed on to the girls um but management is still there and it's still management mm-hmm.
2: can we get a check of when the last time they said only the fox gun knows was oh so I feel like it's been a long mm, no, time. No,
0: it hasn't. It has. No,
1: it's days. You Watch know? well, it been like, no, like, like a like, Yeah, days. Day, well, yeah, yeah, days. Typical. Yeah, hours. <laughs>
0: the, no, Cam Metal was, Hours, even that's okay. I'm not. I'm not back. Backed up. Yeah, okay. yeah. 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 Um, a couple of people in the in the chat, Corvine and Cam Metal, both pointed out the Loudwire interview. Well, With,
2: um, within yeah. seconds. Yeah, that's a, it's, right. it's
0: it's Thanks, still a guys. thing that's there. Yeah, but they do. I mean, so uh, there is there is a sense in which, you know, it sounds like, it sounds like Mo is making some decisions about what she does with respect to the individual Avengers. And there's another thing too. Um, I wonder if it's at the end of this interview where they, they talk about, you know, Oh, no, I don't know what it was. It was, it was actually in, I think PMC volume 13 um, where they were talking a little bit about how, how they, you know, basically whether they have roles um, and, and, so this is, this is from the, the earlier interview, um, PMC, volume 13, which um, PMC asked, are you aware of something like a role for Moa Metal? And Moa Metal says, I almost don't have any role mentality. Although, of course, I have the scream and dance role. But when Sue Metal consults me about songs, I say, I want you to sing it like this. And Sue Metal, too, says to me, I think in that dance, it would be more interesting. And so forth. So hmm. um, mm-hmm. so that's why I think the team made Baby Metal strong rather than metal, mental roles. I had a sensation. Sure. That each and every one is Baby Metal. Right. But it does seem like they're at least giving each other feedback.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, and I would wager that that's something they've done almost since the beginning.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's probably
1: true. Um, and it, it's not like, you know, I'm thinking back on other interviews and things we've seen from the past. I, It's not like what they're doing now is unprecedented. You know, there have been interviews where they've opened up and talked in a way that felt genuine. Um, 2015, 2016. Um, when they were a little older and we're kind of back to that. Uh, I think the difference is this time that their language is more mature and they know what to talk about and they know how to talk to a reporter and not lean so heavily on prepared answers. Maybe I think that's the difference, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which and because of that, I think that's why it kind of makes it hard to judge how much control they have over the product as a whole versus cover metal or the rest of management.
0: Sure. Yeah. And actually the next thing I was going to mention kind of goes against that in a way. Well, actually, the, let me see if I can find this thing in the Coba metal translation thing that I did. So this is right now. I'm kind of just going to read a choppy Google translate thing, but so PMC asks, uh, talking, talking about listening to metal galaxy and thinking about how Sue metal has grown as an extraordinary vocalist and how the variety of singing is quite, you know, varied, there's some songs that surprise you, and how can how can she sing like this? Is there a feeling that you intentionally tried to open a drawer that Sue Metal had not opened before? So this is ask, they're asking Koba Metal this, and somewhere in his answer, you know, he says, "While searching for what kind of approach uh, to Sue Metal at present, I tried to draw out various things like, what if I tried to challenge this kind of thing? I'm very conscious of opening them gradually, and so um, I guess that came out less like English than I <laughs> had anticipated." <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, I guess the, the thing I'm wondering about is whether, to what extent, some of this is kind of almost like pedagogical, like they're, they're, like some of these decisions were made in order to actually kind of build their performance abilities. You know, so mm-hmm. um, putting challenges in their way incrementally that they can overcome. So, like you know, in the uh, 2018 era, get, introducing professional dancers to kind of like level up Sue and Mo's dancing. And mm. then introducing Avengers to force them to kind of like verbally express what they've been doing and clarify what it is that makes baby metal baby mm. metal. It feels like there's this, there's almost kind of like a guidedness to this that that's still like teaching them something.
1: That's really interesting perspective. I hadn't considered that. And it would be a great way. I feel like something I can grab on. Yeah, it would be, it, you know, it would be a great way to uh, level up was a great phrase you used to, to challenge them in specific ways to grow them as artists without sending them back to sakuragakuin or something <laughs> right <laughs> right <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. well it's, it, it's sort of a, it's organic you know it, it sort of allows them to always be challenged a little bit
1: yeah yeah that's that's really cool perspective if true i hadn't i hadn't considered that
0: yeah and of course you know this all of this might just be complete nonsense but <laughs> it, it it seemed like it yeah. was not impossible
1: so I'm a little hesitant to talk about this interview without the without a natural translation?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I think um, I wouldn't... The idea didn't really come from that. It came came more from kind of like Moa talking about how having the professional dancers and then having the mm-hmm. Avengers kind of shaped how they... Uh, it's not exactly re-envisioned themselves, but kind of clarified something that had become almost sort of like intuitive.
1: Yeah, the pieces do fit for your hypothesis <laughs> and your takeaway from that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think that was all. Those are those the only sort of comments I wanted to get <laughs> in. But once again, I feel like I've just been talking and talking and talking. How's it going?
1: <laughs> we, well, we can come back to this one when we get a human translation.
0: Yeah. We do have all of Hedobon 24 still to be translated. Um, and I haven't even, mm-hmm. you know, I haven't made any attempt to <laughs> scan an OCR or, or anything, but that's really big. So, I'm anticipating that's pretty interesting. Uh, unfortunately, it's it's kind of weird how insulated I feel from the Japanese fan base. Like, I don't, they all know, presumably, what's in that. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope so. So, I mean, maybe the fact that we haven't heard anything means that it's, um, in fact, not groundbreaking, but uh, who knows? Still so be nice to see.
1: Maybe that just means we need to get a bilingual fan to uh, come on the show and talk about it with us.
0: That's true. That would not be bad at all.
1: <laughs> um,
0: yeah, I think it would be kind of interesting actually to to talk with somebody who's who's kind of in both fan bases.
1: <laughs> mhm. I'll see what we can do.
0: All right. Perfect. I don't really have anything else. <laughs> I guess we've been recording for a while
1: now. <laughs> yeah, I think we've caught up.
0: Yeah. So, maybe we can actually plan for the topic for the next podcast to be Whatever comes of Legend of Galaxy. I can't imagine that there's going to be uh, not a podcast's worth of stuff to talk about.
1: No, there's going to be. Yeah, I think it's going to be hard to avoid talking about that one, even if nothing happens. Right.
0: <laughs> 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 so that'll, that'll be the plan, and that gets us off the hook for not having figured out what we were going to do as the next topic. So Yes. All right. Uh, anything else? No. All
1: right. No, I don't think so. Well,
0: thank you, everyone, for podcasting with me. Thank you, everyone in the chat room, for joining us. And that's it for this episode. You can join us on the Baby Bentle Podcast Discord to continue the conversation. Rating the podcast on whatever platform you listen on will help people find it, so please do that. We'll be back here in three weeks. We hope you'll join us then. And until then, see you.